diet is a bad word. Think about what you want to put into your body that's good for you versus just eating when you're hungry or when you're snacking. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith. Now, we all do need motivation, whether it's to lose weight, maybe to get stronger physically, or get closer to God, as many of us seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests, digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. And Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you have had a great start to the year 2020. Maybe you've got some new uh, 2020 vision in this new year when it comes to fitness and faith. Thank you so much for joining us for this Run the Race podcast. We're about two months in to uh, this uh, new uh, venture that I'm on right now. And new year means new music to start the podcast like you just heard earlier on. And, uh, you know, it was a great 2019 for me uh, uh, in terms of running. I ended up uh, doing more than 1,400 miles. I ran some of those with my son, did 12 races in 12 months. And actually, the local uh, Big Dog Fleet Feet running store gave us two medals, one for the first six races of the year, the other to complete that medal, the other half of that medal to uh, for the other six races. Out of all those, I did five marathons, all in different states, including a new PR. Also got a, a personal record of my fastest 5K and 10K ever. So it's really been a great year, and I hope that you were able to complete a lot of your challenges and uh, things you did. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really big on New Year's resolutions, but I like to make goals, small ones and big ones. And uh, you know, really, you got to think the sky is the limit and and shoot for the best you can do. My guest for this podcast episode is a good friend of mine. You're going to hear from him in just a few minutes. My running partner for the last, I mean, I guess four plus years and kind of coached me through my first marathon. It's really cool that he and his wife uh, several years ago adopted five kids, all siblings. So they, they had no kids and they go from zero to five. All these are sibling foster kids from the state of Georgia. He also is talking about nutrition in the new year because he actually has his master's degree in exercise science and talked about how he got started in running when he was in his 30s. And now 10 years later, he is still running. So you're going to hear from my friend Jimmy Davis in just a few minutes. Now, I started off 2020. It's been really cool. Uh, you know, uh, there's some different things you can do around the holiday season. We have this thing locally called the Red Nose Half Marathon. It's free, which is great uh, to anything you anything you can do for free in terms of fitness-wise. Uh, definitely take advantage of that, especially when it's around so many people. We think we had a, a thousand runners out there, so I ran my fastest half marathon I've ever run, a one hour, 56 minutes, and 41 seconds, beat my previous best by about one minute, and uh, even better than that, what I'm even prouder about is that two of my friends that were out there running, it was their very first half marathon. Uh, one of them actually was training for her first one. She got the flu, so the furthest she had run in training was eight miles. Uh, the other one that uh, was ran his first half marathon, he decided to sign up the night before. Um, his wife said, why don't you, why don't you do this? And, and he did. And um, he completed it, did a great job, and didn't really train for it at all. I would advise you to train for um, any kind of fitness-related thing, uh, whether it be to go to workout or, or any kind of challenge. But now this proves that, you know, just do it. Get out there. Try your best. 
um, and uh, try not to get injured. Uh, but set those goals, you know, maybe even small goals at first, ones that you can achieve. And don't worry about, you know, a so-called New Year's resolution or don't worry about if you have already maybe failed a week or two into the new year, those uh, goals that you set. Um, in my the gym that I go to, uh, try to go to at least once or twice a week, uh, they have a saying that I read. They posted this on social media. You don't need a new year to make a change. You just need a Monday. So those are words to live by. And I have some shout-outs for you. Um, I asked on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for you to give me what some of your goals are, what your fitness or faith-related goals are for 2020. Uh, and I, I promised a shout-out on the Run the Race podcast. So here it is. At um, India Rucker on Twitter uh, wrote, Walk Like There's No Ending. That's her goal. Uh, at America 1970, Dana Cravey said, Ride the Peloton bike four times a week. And uh, I know they've had some controversial uh, commercials lately, Peloton for sure, but it's a very, very popular and expensive way to work out. Shelby White Thorne on Facebook said, my word for the year is faith. I want to strengthen my faith and share it every opportunity I have. Jan Culpepper Cosby said, Jason, I'm pressing forward with trusting God for amazing, wonderful outcomes and blessings in everything that involves me. Edith Dandy said, my fitness goal is to lose weight down to 140. I'm at 149 pounds, originally 170. I am a diabetic. Edith, I know that you can do it. Carol Advent Tool says, read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. That's a great goal, and good luck on doing that. You've got uh, about 350 days left to make it happen. And Heather Nicole Westbrook said, finish Bible plans that I start. I would love to be more active for myself and for my family. Two great goals of fitness and faith for the new year. And finally, Renee Hawkins-Gant says, to keep Jesus first in all things. That is uh, some great goals there, and I, I applaud all you guys for uh, making those goals. Again, I'm not big on resolutions. I don't really call them that, but I try my best to, to make goals small and big ones for the year. Again, uh, I want to tell you thank you again for listening to the Run the Race podcast. Uh, tell your friends about it. Subscribe to it on um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. Love to hear you write a review for it or just you know post about it on, on Facebook or Instagram. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Jimmy Davis talking about nutrition and running and how he and his wife decided to adopt five kids all at once. I would like to welcome my friend Jimmy Davis, same initials as me, JD, to the podcast, Run the Race. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So first of all, we're going to do a fast four. So the first one is your job description right now at home and at work. Well, now I'm in, immediately I'm in a job change. I'm leaving Chick-fil-A, going down to Tampa on Saturday with a new job down there at Bonefish Grill. I'll be uh, managing there for about 18 months, trying to get my own store. I should have be a managing partner hopefully within two years. Very nice. At home, it's a crazy life right now. But your job description in general at home is? Dad, chef, parent, father, you name it. I do a repairman, um, shoulder to cry on. There you go. So what do you do? I know you've, you and I have run a lot together, but what do you do now to stay physically fit? I'd have to say I haven't stepped, I haven't put my running shoes on. And when was our last marathon? That was so, uh, Marine Corps back in October. Mm -hmm. So I haven't run since then. Wow. But I still stay active. I'm on my feet, you know, three to five miles a day through work. Never just sitting around watching TV. 
And then I still watch what I eat. I'll, I still don't eat things that I shouldn't. Even during the holidays, I still was eating 2,000 calories a day and still trying to watch what I eat yep. just because of my heart. And because my dad, you know, died from basically complications from a heart attack. And we're going to talk about some of that nutrition advice for the new year since you have yeah. a master's degree. We're going to talk about that a little later on the podcast. All right. Uh, what is your spiritual motto or something, a verse that sticks out to you perhaps? Um, you know, we many things at church, but one thing, I, I go always back to this. It's uh, by Aristotle. It's there, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Okay. So therefore... Everything in life, you need to be great at it. If you want to be great at it, you need practice. You need to make sure that that's something that you're passionate about that you want to do. So therefore, with your work, with my work, with everything that we do, if we want to be horrible at it, we're just not going to put in the effort. Our running, we train for it. We put in an effort. We try everything we can to get better at what we do. So therefore, make that a habit, not just an act. All right, cool. And one last of the fast four, something unique about you. Does narcissism count? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, the unique, uniqueness, um, I would have to say my wife and I, you know, adopted the sibling group of five. Cool. That's going to be more unique about us. And yeah. it, it, that, that whole process started about nine years ago, but we'll, I mean, 10 years ago, but we'll, we'll get in. I'm sure more in detail with that. Yeah, but, but your kids are ages four through twelve now, so it's hard to believe and and growing up fast. Yes, yeah. been with us for over three years now. Now, before we get into that, talking about the the foster adoptions and that just that wild process, which is uh, really a miracle. Um, first, I wanted to dig into the running aspect of it. So uh, you started about a decade ago. Yes, you weren't a runner. Nope. Um, this I, I had the same story from about you know six or seven years ago. So. Why or, or how did you get started running? Um, because I, I, you were probably somewhat of an athlete, played softball, those kind of yes, things. Yes, I was, I was considering myself very active. I was always into sports. We'd play football pretty much every Sunday. I played softball five days a week. So I was always active, and I thought I was healthy. Um, when my best friend at the time asked me to start, he said, hey, come with me. We're going to run to the – you know, go run. I was like, what do you mean, to the store, get some groceries? What do you mean? He said, no, we're going to go run the neighborhood. I said, what well, – Okay, I guess. Let me try. Massive hills in his neighborhood. So we started running. I ran about a quarter mile. have to run, catch my breath, walk, then start again. We did that off and on for about a, a few weeks before I could run a good mile without stopping in the neighborhood. Started in August of 2009. I ran that first 5K in 27 minutes. That was my first 5K and just continued running from there. October of that same year, he asked me to run a half marathon in Vegas with him in that December. And the most we had ever run was seven miles. So he, I suggest, he suggested that we go train for that marathon, well, the half marathon. And we did did um, the half marathon in just over two hours, two hours, five minutes. So to go from August of you know that year to be able to not run in one mile to be able to run a half marathon by December in four months. And yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that. So it was, it was awesome. 2011, I ran the marathon in Vegas. That so this is, this is, you're talking about you're in your kind of late thirties at this point. By the time I ran the first marathon, I was 40. Okay. Yeah. Very, very good. But yeah, so Robert got me into it and then it just developed from there. 
Wow. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, later about our race adventures together because uh, you've run 10 marathons, five of those with me, and we've yes. had some fun times, of course, along the way. Are they fun? Uh, they, they, yeah. Okay. Marathons are great, right? Yeah. I don't when, like, when you're done. Yes. I don't yeah. like my toenails. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, uh, you know, your life, I know, has been turned upside down over the last few years because you and your wife, Kelly, have adopted, uh, you foster adopted uh, five kids from Georgia. Tell me about that process because, you know, um, a lot of people may not know how that all works, but um, kind of about why you decided to do something like this because yeah. I know you guys don't have, you know, um, biological children. Yes, we, tr- we tried for a good 20 years to have a ki- kids of our own through, you know, biologically, and it just never came to fruition. So during the entire 20-year process, kids, I mean, People would ask us, why, why don't we adopt? At the time, we weren't there mentally. We, have just, we weren't ready for that step. Then probably, let's see, it is, we've had the kids now for three years. It was a, about a two-year process, so five years ago. So roughly right around 2013 or 14, we both woke up one day and just said that, hey, why don't, we're ready for that step. We're ready for that next step. Are you ready? You want to foster to adopt? And she was like, yes. I was like, okay, all right, let's do this. We didn't rush through it. It took us roughly two years. 2016, we were, our home was cleared. Um, Cause you have, once the home study does, they do a big report on you and just make sure that you have a background check that's worthy to foster or adopt. We just wanted three or more children. So we were told that it's going to take probably a year or more to get matched up. No. We were matched up within a month. So we weren't expecting, basically we weren't ready for to have, you know, five kids moving to the house because once they matched us up, they said, well, we knew you wanted three, you were approved for four, what's one more? So once we saw their profile, we wanted to meet them and they met us and then we just continued from there. So that was August of 2016. We started the visitations by October 1st. They moved in officially for good that same year. And then May of 17, the Friday before Mother's Day, the adoption was final. Wow. So how, what is it like, you know, going from zero, you know, you're in, you, in, you guys were in your mid-40s, going from zero to five children kind of in a, in a snap of a finger. Uh, what was that like mentally and physically for you guys? <laughs> Very much a learning as you go. With foster care and adoption, you made that commitment. You don't want to start it and then say, well, we're, we don't like this. And we want to give them back. It's just it would be too hard on the children. When If that was to happen, they would regress. So once you make that commitment, it's a lifelong commitment. We prayed about it. We talked to several people. We had the support for it. But once they moved in, it was crazy. It was definitely a tornado, whirlwind kind of effect in the house. But, you know, when you go from zero to five, it takes a little bit of time. We're still adjusting. They're still adjusting. And they've been with us for three years. And you talked about praying about it. How important, you know, I know that you and your wife attend church. How important was faith and and God in this whole process, you know, leading up to and then also during the fact that you now have all these five kids? Yes. Well, we're members at Evangel Temple here in Columbus. We spoke with several people about, you know, us trying to have kids naturally, and it just didn't happen. So. They suggested we have Pastor Collins pray over us. Whenever he prays over people, they become pregnant within months. So we asked him to do that for us, and he did. But mid, let's see, his wife was praying over Kelly. He was praying over me. And mid-prayer, they both stopped. And he pulled her hands off of us. And then 
he put them both on me. He said, don't expect to have kids overnight, um, but when you do, expect more than one at the same time. So we just assumed that eventually we would have twins. Triplets. Yes, so we didn't consider that we were going to end up foster and then adopting a sibling group of five. So we go, we look back on that. So it's almost like it was fate or destiny that was presented for us or God just saying, this is your path. This is what's going to happen. And this is what your life is going to be like. Wow. So it was crazy knowing that he prayed over us. And then mid prayer, they kind of stopped and said, yes, you're going to have them not soon, but you're going to have more than one at the same time. And this is, how it all started. And so they've now been in your home for several years, yes. ages 4 through 12 now. What? A, n- tell me the names of the kids, if you remember them all. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't ask me their birthdays, but I can. Right, right. Okay, Anna's the youngest. We got her when she was one. She's four now. Um, Easton, he's five. Ellie, she just turned eight. Max and Madison. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were getting your master's degree in the midst of all this from Columbus State University in exercise science. Yes. Um, and so that's um, that was something you wanted to do in life in, in terms of something having to do with uh, training or, or uh, um, fitness? Before I started running, you know, I would go to work, run my company, come home. Kelly and I would spend time together, but didn't really have a clear path in life, I, I would say. I mean, we thought we did. You know, we were doing things that we wanted to do, but I wouldn't say we had a clear path of our ultimate goal in life. Because you were a painter for, you know, several decades. Yeah, I've had my, my worked with my dad for years, and then I took over his company in 99 and then ran that until just last year. But from 2016 to 2018, we were both working. She was getting her bachelor's, I was getting my master's, and we were taking care of the kids. So it was a hectic life for for that amount of time. Yeah. With your master's degree, you yes. were able to teach some classes yes. at the local college in terms of exercise science. And obviously we're now in the new year, 2020 now. And a lot of people, you know, obviously end up, uh, you know, new year's resolutions. They yes. want to go work out. They want to eat better. They want to lose weight. And sometimes that only lasts a few weeks or a month perhaps. So what would you say to folks that, um, you know, want to have good nutrition? You talked about how you watch what you eat, but yes. how can people, what's the kind of the, the secret to really, really kind of uh, following through on those uh, nutrition goals that people have for the new year. It all begins with nutrition, proper nutrition. Diet is a bad word. Think about what you want to put into your body that's good for you versus just eating when you're hungry or when you're snacking. Um, I tell people to stay away from high fructose corn syrup. If that's in an, if that ingredient is in your food, you're going to tend to eat more calories. For the simple fact it makes you think, well, natural foods or even natural sugar, when you eat, it makes you feel full. With high fructose corn syrup, after you eat it, your body doesn't understand it, so you don't feel full, so therefore you eat more calories. But when it comes to being healthy, it starts with nutrition. You cannot exercise, eat healthy, and lose weight. That's a simple fact because you need your, your daily life activities going to work, walking around, just doing everyday activities, you're going to lose weight. So it all begins with proper nutrition. Cut sugar, cut your calorie intake, limit your purport, your portion sizes, and you'll, you'll feel better, especially during the holidays. Yes, I know we just finished Thanksgiving, Christmas. You see all that food. You're, oh, I'm going to eat more because it's so good. I'm not going to see this till next year. Eat small portions three times a day versus 
one big plate of food. It's just a, a matter of, of discipline for a lot of folks, right? Yes. You know, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of family and friends and, and maybe come to you for advice and and uh, just a matter of, of uh, resisting those temptations, right? Yes. And, you know, think of it more or less make small changes. If you go to Starbucks and get a large Frappuccino, go get a small one instead. Just, just say, I'm not going to cut it all the way out, but make small changes like that. It, instead of going five days a week, go three days a week to cap, uh, go get that frappuccino. Small changes. And then slowly cut back even more. If, you get a, if, if you're a coffee drinker and you like sugar in your coffee and you normally put five packs of sugar, cut it back to three, and then two, then one, then eventually none. Small things to make it where you're not eating all that sugar. That's the biggest mistake people make. It's the sugar content of their food. Yeah. And if you want to eat bigger portions or more of what you want, uh, maybe you could uh, just run, start running marathons, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going to run a marathon, you know, you're know, you not going to go run one tomorrow you, you without the, training. You need the calories too, yes. right? Yeah. So, um, and, and you and I have run uh, five marathons together. If I remember them, Nashville, which is my very, very first one several years ago, then Disney World in the yes. cold, Arkansas. Philadelphia, one of our favorites, and then Marine Corps uh, just a few months ago in the D.C., Virginia area. Yes. So, so tell me, okay, you tell me your side of the story in terms of how you and I kind of got started because you coached me and trained me and alongside me for that very first marathon in Nashville. Um, and because I, I was looking for somebody that knew what they were doing, could give me some advice, could kind of give me a plan, and, and you uh, set me on this path. So it's, I guess it's all your fault. Or par- partially your fault. No, it was my fault for answering the text <laughs> message. That's right. That's right. Well, you Facebook messaged me. Yeah, yeah that's sure, right. Sure, sure. Um, I had just finished Disney, and I think that I had done uh, that was the dopey challenge I had just completed. Which was uh, this is five k, ten k, half marathon, marathon in four days. Yes, I, I ran that with teaming training for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, raising money for cancer. So. I did that race, and afterwards, I kind of told myself I was going to retire from marathons. And then shortly after, you reached out to me and asked if, you know, I would train you. Well, not pretty much train you, but start running with you to help you get to where you could run a marathon. You had already run a half marathon. So I suggested to you that you go go online, find a race that you want to do that's at least 16 weeks away, so that way you'd have time to train for it. Since you had already run 5Ks, 10Ks, and half marathon, I knew you were ready for that next step. 16 weeks of training for a marathon, it will get you there. So, of course, you picked one that was 17 weeks out. That's right. Sure. I mean, uh, I was ready. I mean, chomping at the bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, I caught up with you probably, I took probably another six weeks off. That was from the Dopey Challenge. And then I just caught up with you, and then we trained for another three months. But I did get hurt the last month. I sprained my knee. I strained my, I believe it was my MCL. Yep. So the last month I couldn't run with you then. But we got you to where you wanted to run the marathon. We ran it for 19 miles together. Right. And then I just couldn't go on anymore. You continued on, and then I still beat you. Yeah, <laughs> you did not beat me. The clock I, says <laughs> I beat you by two minutes. Yeah, well, I beat him by 25 minutes, yes. but you know, the clock could be wrong. <laughs> now, Disney World, you beat me by five minutes, even though we crossed together because your, yes. your um, group started after mine. Arkansas, Arkansas and Philadelphia were the two that we ran kind of side by side the whole way, right? Yes. Arkansas yes. was quite hot. 
Philadelphia was kind of chilly, but um, Philadelphia, we got to meet some really some celebrities. Yes. I mean, I know that you think I'm a celebrity uh, with my entourage while, while we're running, but we met some real running celebrities in Philadelphia last yes. year or yes. no, two years ago. But I have to thank you for that because you have your friend that works for the running company. Sure. To so we could go get under the exclusive celebrity tent. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, was Des Linden and yes. Meb Kofleski. Yes. Yeah. We met both of them, got their autographs. They signed my medal. And, and, and we've run some uh, trail marathons together, too. Uh, there's this thing uh, here in Georgia called the Canyon Crush, um, where it is. Uh, we was a half marathon. We ran up and down the hills of the Little Grand Canyon, right? Yeah. Providence Canyon. That's right. State Park. Um, and uh, so, I mean, do you like the trail, the road? Do you uh, uh, Starting to lean towards the trail. I okay. loved when we went to Auburn and ran the, uh, that was the Xterra run over right, there. Right, right. I love that run. It was a trail 12, 13 miler. I yes. Think. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards that now, especially with, I'm about to start training Max, my eight year old, well, nine year old, I'm sorry. So I'm going to start training him for cross country, and he's that's going to be trail runs as well. So I'm kind of leaning towards more or less half marathon, trail runs type things. Yeah, you probably need to run less because you're you know a lot older now. You're almost fifty, right? Yeah, but my knees and my body love me though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Taking a break and more of my interview after this short break. Here's how you can help the needy stay warm this winter. The winter season is here, and WTVM needs your help to gather coats to help those in need. Drop off a new or gently used coat at Kia Auto Sport or any Master Clean location benefiting local charities. Drop off a code today to help those in need. You and I kind of, you know, uh, formed a friendship and uh, got to know each other through running and running together and having those adventures, you know, um, out of town and in town and training together. What, uh, how important do you think that is for folks? I mean, I know you got started with a, a friend of yours uh, named Robert. Um, how important do you think that is for folks that are maybe listening and maybe they want to find you need to find somebody to run with or, or a group or, or just to kind of have that uh, fellowship while you're out there exercising. It, it really depends on the person. Some people prefer to have their thoughts. And when they go run, they want the quiet. They want to listen to their music. But in my during my runs, it's still a lot easier to go run with somebody, to have the conversation, to have somebody push you along. So many times I wanted to quit when I was running with Robert. So many times I wanted to quit when I was running with you. And my friends don't let me quit. If I didn't want to run today, no, we're, we have to go run today. It's accountability. Yes. So it really depends on the person. If you prefer to run by yourself, you want to listen to your music, or if you're that kind of person that needs motivation, needs that support system, find somebody like yourself that enjoys running but just needs that guidance, that needs support to be pushed along to get to that point. Because if you're running, maybe you're running three miles, 30 minutes or so, or maybe you're running, you know, a long run, training for a marathon, perhaps 15 or 20 miles, which is, you're talking about three plus hours, potentially. That's a long time to be alongside somebody. And uh, so I guess it gives you a chance. Sometimes, obviously, there's silence, but, you know, you you talk about everything. I mean, you're kind of sharing your life with that other person. Yeah. Companionship does grow during that time because you're, again, if you're training for a marathon, you're out there with somebody, you're going to run with them five days a week. Well, anywhere from three to five days a week, and you're only going to be with them for anywhere from an hour to four hours each week, maybe longer. So they're going to, you're going to get to know each other really well, just like in our case. Yeah. Absolutely. When we started, we, we, we knew each other, but we didn't know of each other. Kind no. of acquaintances. Yes. Yeah. So I would consider ourselves 
really good friends now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, just find the kind of runner you are and go with that and don't quit. Most time people will go run, you know, for six months and then they stop and then pick it up again a year later and they're like, why, why can't I do what I did before? Yeah. It's because you stopped. Right. So if, if you, you stop for like two, three weeks or, I mean, it's, you don't really lose much, but if you stop for, you know, three or four months, yeah. Yeah. For, to give you an idea of how much you lose it, if you take six months off, it takes a year to get back where you were before you quit. It takes two days for every day you take off. Yeah. And you were, and I know I, I was one of the research subjects for you uh, in the kind of the closing of your master's degree. Yes. And so you were doing a study. Tell me about that because you're, because I know there's all these things we hear about in terms of uh, energy people use and their heart rate. And so you had to do uh, control, which was you came in and did nothing. One day you came in and ran on the treadmill for 30 minutes. One was a bike for 30 minutes, and one was a cycle ergometer for the arms. So it really depended on. It was a toss-up. You didn't. You never knew what you were going to do that day until the last day because the other three were already done. But depending on the exercise, then you would work out for. We would measure your body fat percentage. Work out for thirty minutes and then immediately check your body fat again, and then every fifteen minutes beyond that to see how exercise affected body fat. And we had different ways of measuring it. Of course, the bod pod being the gold standard. But all the others were similar in measurements, so all what the other you, devices. So, so what did you learn from all that? Um, that body fat percentage immediately goes down right after exercise. But within 15 minutes, it's back to where it was pretty much within you know, a percentage point or two of what it was before the exercise. So if you were at 25% body fat, right after exercise, it would probably drop to about 23%. And then 15 minutes later, it would be back up to 25%. Gotcha, gotcha. What's the ideal body fat you know, percentage for someone? Um, on a normal BMI, body mass index kind of thing, body fat percentage, similar. But uh, to, you want to be anywhere from, I would say, 20 to 24. Gotcha. Anything below 20, you're, you're pretty darn, well, I'll say, you're in shape. Yes. If you're at a BMI of like 20%, you're in shape. And, you know, we, uh, there was a wide range of people that were in your uh, research uh, study at uh, the college. And then uh, a wide range of people in, uh, on our Run Across Georgia team. Yes. You and I did that twice where you're 262 miles with a team of 12 to 20 people. Uh, splitting up those miles uh, for you also something that I you know uh, really um, respect you a lot for is running for charities you talked earlier yes. about team and training tell me about the importance of that um, I know the the last your last marathon had uh, extra special meaning for you tell me about why it's important to run for something bigger than yourself and to help raise money for these causes like leukemia lymphoma yes again when I first started running ran with Robert we did the Las Vegas half marathon we would run by people that were wearing these purple shirts and I didn't understand. I didn't read them. We were just out there having a good time. But every time we ran past somebody, he would run over to him and give him a hug and say, thank you very much. And then he'd we would continue on. Not understanding the significance of what was going on. Well, at the time, he had run several marathons before he had cancer and then several marathons after he had cancer. And during this whole running together, he he didn't tell me that he had cancer. I didn't know. Not until probably about two or three years into our running, he told me that he had a type of leukemia. So 
that kind of struck me. I was like, wow, he's out here running marathons, running half marathons, training me, giving me guidance, and he's sitting here running with leukemia. So I figured I would take it to another level. He's doing this. You know, I'm sure he's done so much for the Cancer Society. So let me let me do something for him in his honor. So I did a race. You know, just I did a marathon. I've, I've done so many. I'm trying to remember which ones. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say so many, but I've done a few of Ten them. Ten marathons, yes. yeah. But I, I, I lose track on which ones I've raced for. I know Disney. I think I did Disney twice and then... Las Vegas. This I is think. for team and training. Now, you yes. have to, now the how it works is you raise more. And like typically, you would might pay you know a hundred bucks or so for registration, but team and training, you're raising what a thousand or two thousand um, dollars, depending on the race. Um, when I when I ran the Dopey, I did that with Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and that was five thousand yeah. dollars. So I had to raise basically five grand to run the race. You you can still run the race, but whatever you don't raise to hit your mark, you have to pay the difference. This past year, my niece was diagnosed with several different forms of cancer. She had mediastinal, um, primary, or primary mediastinal lymphoma. She had a, a lump right behind her sternum. It spread to her spine, went to her brain, and eventually killed her. Very young. 20, she just turned 26. Um, when she was diagnosed, we all figured it's like my mom beat cancer. Robert's going through. Everybody I know that has had cancer has beaten it. So I, I wasn't really too worried about it. My goal was to be able to push her across the finish line or her to run with me across the finish line as soldier. So once I found out, I said, all right, I'm going to run with teaming training for the soldier marathon, Marine Corps marathon, I'm sorry, and raise money in her honor. Well, before we could get to the even get to the marathon, she passed away. So it turned from her honor into her memory, which is, you know, you think of somebody 26 years old. I couldn't imagine. I, I look back at all the uh, several kids. You know, you see the commercials for St. Jude, all the children. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine my child going through that. And my brother, his child, my niece. You know, it breaks your heart. So it became her memory, and we raised almost $2,300 for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society for yeah. this race. Yeah, and you wore her uh, picture on your back, I believe, yes. for the race? Yes, I had a, had the purple shirt for teaming training, her name and uh, on my shirt, her picture on my back. Several people came up to me, gave me a hug, saying, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And just several times I was out there running, I was thinking, all right, is she pushing me? Am I, is she carrying me? Am I carrying her? You know, and then several coaches were out there and said a little bit of both because I was talking to them as they were trying to motivate me to keep going. But I think she was with me the whole time and she was motivating me to keep going. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure Savannah was looking down on you and, yes. and saying, job well done, Jimmy. You know? Yes. <laughs> and uh, that race in particular, it was raining most of it. So that was enjoyable, right? Yes, very much so. <laughs> Pouring down and running through puddles. Any other memories you can think of of our runs together in terms of, I know we we both dealt with injuries, um, but in terms of, uh, I know Arkansas was an experience running through the pastures and, and uh and <laughs> but running together, we've definitely experienced a lot together. Yes, very much so. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. It was yeah. yeah. If we could run more together, you know, of course my schedule has changed because of the yeah. kids and whatnot. 
but you just I've had a blast running with you yeah. for the past five years. Yeah. Has it been five years now? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the key is that I mean, I think that we don't take ourselves too seriously. I mean yeah. I, I think, you know, we want to get some PRs, which is personal records every now and then on maybe a five K or try it for it on a marathon, which is what we were able to do at Philadelphia. Yes. But the key for I think for us is we're we kind of just are pretty chill about it. I mean, running twenty six point two miles is a lot and it's not something most people do but less we, than one percent of the country right or and, the world i'm sorry yeah and but we i think our part of our focus is just enjoying the journey and uh, just having fun right yes i mean in terms of you know being together and just uh going out and doing something you know an adventure right yeah just like uh again i go all the way back to my very first half marathon robert and i were doing that together but right before we crossed the finish line i saw we were probably 20 yards out the, the group that was in front of us opened up, and then I just sprinted ahead of him. And as I crossed the finish line, I run backwards, and I wave at him and said, I beat you. And so he, <laughs> you know, he still dog. He said, you dogged me on that one because we were going to run across yeah. together. It's like, yeah. no, I'm going to beat you. Yeah. So beyond that, it's, it's all out there. Just have fun, raise money for great causes, you know, stay in shape. You know, take care of your heart and take care of your mind and just have fun with it. Right, because it's – I mean, the journey is really – uh, more important, I think, than the actual event itself, which maybe lasts, you know, four or five hours. Uh, the journey is people sometimes don't realize that when you're training for a half marathon or a marathon or a maybe a Spartan or an Ironman, some event or triathlon, it's it's a lot of training. I mean, you have yes. to you it's you're dedicating whatever three to five months of your life, and that it's a uh, it's a lot to get to there. You can't just instantly snap your fingers and run a marathon. No, the, the again, the hardest part about a marathon is not the marathon itself; it's the training to get you there, because you got to dedicate four months of your life. Say you're, if you're already a runner, 5K, 10K, half marathon, to be able to run a, a marathon, you need four months of training at four to five days a week, one to four hours a day. So, I mean, that is a lot of time. And if you're a married, you know, your kids, whatever it may be, your schedule, your work, you have to factor in that knowing whatever day you're off, it may be Saturday, Sunday, maybe the middle of the week, you got to dedicate that day for your long runs. It can be anywhere from eight to twenty miles. So you're going to be out there from anywhere from two hours to four hours away from your family. And they're going to allow that. Or are they going to come join you? So it's that's why I say if you can find somebody to join you. If you're married, get your spouse to join you out there. If, if they can't, get a friend. If they can't, find somebody. Take your dog. Yeah, but most dogs. My my dog is only good for six miles. After that, she's ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but you now you have a nine year old son who's running for his school. Yes, and doing and wants and ran his first five k. You and him uh, just a a month or two ago. Yep. Um So for you, is that I mean that's pretty cool. Like I imagine as a dad to now kind of be sharing one of those passions with him and and kind of uh, doing that with him because he I mean one day or very soon he'll be faster than you. Oh. Oh, yeah, very much so. And I won't <laughs> complain not one bit. It was pretty cool because he said that he, what he wanted for Christmas was some uh, Brooks running shoes. There you go. But Brooks doesn't make running shoes for youth. Oh, yeah. So I had to get him some Under Armour. So when he finally grows into Brooks, I'll make sure he gets some. Absolutely. There you go. And uh, this uh, one last thing. So speaking of journeys, like like just like with marathon training, um, I think that being a parent now of these five kids – uh, that y'all have this, that's going to be a marathon. That's a journey too, right? That's yes. for, for you guys. That's really something that's going to, um, be, it's forever changed you, I imagine. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's a life 
lifelong change. I mean, they're going to be with us. They're going to be our kids until we pass away. Because even my mom, I mean, she's 78, 79. She just had, let's see, 40, 79. She just turned 79, and I'm still her baby. She still won't let me grow up. Yeah. So I'm assuming I'll be the same way with all my kids now. When I'm 80 years old, that's going to be like two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in your 60s when they're all off to college. Thanks. So. Thanks. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you're, you're great you're, at math. More, more gray hair, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Jimmy. We're definitely going to miss you. I know you're moving from here, Georgia, down to Florida. And yeah. So, the, uh, that's the well, hardest well, part. Well, it's going to be missing all my friends, family, yeah. my running partner. Can't say I won't ever do a marathon again. I always say I won't, but then I always do. Oh, you will. But I'm going to keep training <laughs> Max. He's excited to run. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get him where he's healthy and he wants to be yeah that yeah. that superstar runner yes well, we wish you Godspeed for sure thank you it's been a pleasure all right well thanks Jimmy appreciate it. thanks for joining us on the podcast awesome I'm glad to be here y'all have a great day and uh, we'll see you down in Tampa if you ever at uh, Bonefish Girl down in Tampa look me up. You know Jimmy's such a great guy and infectious enthusiasm uh, for running and for his family and his faith, and uh, really is contagious. And uh, I've really enjoyed running with him for the past uh, four-plus years, uh, five marathons together, and uh, really going to miss him. But uh, hopefully we will stay in touch very well and continue running. Maybe I'll pull him out of retirement to run a marathon with me sometime in the next year or two, perhaps. Well, now we're going to close the uh, podcast, like we always do, with a food for thought parting gift. And a prayer, first of all, uh, some a news item for the new year. Our food for thought comes from the U.S. News and World Report, talking about how uh, faith-based fitness programs are, are really on the rise. Uh, trend watchers at American Council on Exercise say there's a growing number of churches, mosques, synagogues, and temples developing programs that promote wellness and health for people that attend. Uh, We're talking about things like exercise classes, nutrition advice, health coaching, um, anything to, to, you know, kind of improve their spiritual and physical well-being both at the same time. It's not just a fitness fad, but it's a it's a way to make that connection, the spiritual and wellness connection. And uh, it brings that strong sense of community that there's already there for faith-based programs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to see that happen with churches getting involved and, and, and bringing some of those fitness classes in. I know that my church used to do uh, different uh, fitness for women and for men. And uh, at the core of all this, these programs, address fitness and health issues in an environment that's a, a safe a spiritual environment uh, makes it easier to maybe change habits because the, the people that attend that church uh, they have a belief uh, in promoting their health um, and you know deepening their bonds with the people they go to church with but also because they want to improve themselves spiritually and physically because uh, both uh, tend to go hand in hand. And the parting gift for today, appropriate for the start of the new year, is from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So my commitment, and I and I pray this for you as well, is to start 2020 with more prayer. Uh, let this be the year that we really trust and turn to God even more. Because um, we, we have to know and believe and have faith that he loves us 
and has a plan for our lives no matter what we are going through. There's going to be uh, um, you know, hills and valleys through our life through this whole year. Um, be ready for those, and God will be there with you uh, on the mountaintop and down in the valley. And we close with a prayer now. Dear Lord, uh, we just pray that you will give us strength to have an amazing 2020, that we will focus on you more and more, uh, that we will uh, try to improve our bodies physically, but also try to improve our soul and, and try to improve our, our, improve our faith, uh, that we can look to you more. And as we uh, focus on reading the Bible and prayer, uh, just help us to be disciplined in 2020. Your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for listening to this Run the Race podcast. Again, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast to uh, listen to the last eight episodes or so. And if you want to post on social media about it, please use the hashtag Run the Race podcast. I would love for you to continue listening to this. And uh, if you uh, there's something you like, there's something you would like to hear about that's fitness related or faith related, please let me know about it. Um, uh, Jason Dennis WTVM on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me all those places. So until next time, we'll see you later in 2020.